going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Genesis Scottish Open. As usual, I'm here with everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler, Tambly Tyler. What is up, my friend? I missed you last week. Hey, you must have had a good week off. You came in with the cleanest intro we've had in quite some time with you. You got it all perfect. You had the Genesis in there with the Scottish Open. It's going to be a good show. Excited. We're going to talk through quickly the John Deere Classic, Mr. Sepp Straka getting the W, even with a double bogey on the last hole. But before we get into it, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by PrizePix. Head on over to prizepix.com. Use promo code MMN. If you haven't done so yet, you get yourself a 100% deposit bonus up to your first $100. Kenny, we missed you last week. Shout out to our resident fill-in. Ryan Baroff came through with the heat last week. He had uh, William Cowcat. Wow. He had him going last week. He had a bunch of good plays on the show last week. A, a good week overall. How was your week? I know you were riding on Adam Shank. Got the job done for you down the stretch. With yeah. The free, at least. But talk to us about your week, man. How was the week off? I was good. I needed it. Last week on July 4th, I partied hard as shit that weekend. Like harder than I have in like months. I haven't been drinking that much uh, for the last year. Um, and so... Yeah, that weekend I I crushed like a handle of frick, a half gallon of crown oil by myself. Uh it was it was it was a crazy weekend. I had a four-day weekend, so I was like, ah, I'll just go crazy. I'll be fine by the time the pod comes around. I woke up Monday morning. I was like, nope. 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 <laughs> nope. I ain't doing shit but sleeping all day. I didn't do anything. I was like, I hit a barrel for the barrel, please. Yeah, he was good. Pod he, for me. good yeah. So, so it worked out. You know, sometimes you need a week off. You know, I take what three weeks off a year. Uh, we still do 40 pods out here, so we still get our work done. Uh, but for the event itself, I mean, I really didn't even watch that much. I didn't pay too much attention, played a lot less than I normally did since I wasn't on the podcast. I still did my stuff for Cups Corner, uh, made three or four for the uh, Cash Cube Cornerstones, of course. Dylan Wu freaking missed a cut on the number, which is how it's been going for me. Like, I have one guy that misses the cut, like, on the number, and then it's just like a humongous sweat, like, every week in cash now. Because you miss like one guy, just sweat, you know. And so, uh, luckily, I, I needed like, I needed um, the all under seventy bonus for Shank, and then he had like a couple of birdies on the back, like the last few holes to help me out, cast uh, in cash. So it worked out uh, for for a winning week. I held on barely by the skin of my teeth. Uh, but the event itself, I mean, I, I watched Sunday. Um, and, and, you know, I saw Giuseppe, Giuseppe do his thing, you know, uh, going out there and he said he didn't, he wasn't trying to go for 59. Maybe he wasn't, if he wasn't going for 59, I don't know what the hell he was doing on 18, because that's just an idiotic shot. Now, granted that is his ball shape and maybe he just yanked it just a little bit. Uh, but I mean, I missed by a while, a lot, a little missed by a lot. Uh, it didn't even land on land. It landed directly, uh, in that water. And I was like, oh. Well, shit, we got we got some chances uh, because I had a lot of Smalley too. Um, and, but you know, Brendan Todd and Smalley just couldn't get it done. Todd bogeyed sixteen, and I was basically it after that. And he didn't bogey seventeen. Neither one of them bogeyed bogey seventeen, uh, if I remember correctly, which was like the easiest hole in the course, and it was basically over uh, after that. Giuseppe didn't have to worry too much uh, about it, even though he was on the range uh, gearing up. What'd you think about the event? How'd you do? Yeah, that last part that you mentioned was key with uh, Straka. I think it really was that, though, because even, you know, 59 was on the line, but he knows if he just hits the center of the green, tournament's over. It ended up still being his by two strokes and, and without even, you know, with going in the water with all that. So probably a lot of nerves racking up there. He's had his fair share of, you know, at the Honda, didn't have to deal with that. He kind of got it the other way. But in this one, had to just grind it out. And so many guys, I'm glad you brought that part up because it is the key 
on these weeks. And they're the highest variance weeks where you're having these. And I was sweating my guy, shut up my guy. Uh, TYA, Todd, got through to the, the round three, the live final portion of the Fantasy Golf World Championship and sweating down the stretch with him and a couple others, my guy Haggy B and some others in the Discord over at Ship It Nation. Like the main thing was, Kenny, everyone was losing that bonus. Some guys had already lost it on Saturday, but on Sunday, Chris Kirk was a guy everybody needed. He had the up and he hit it up the hill. I was like, how does it go to two feet? What happened was though he was uh, he was short side up the hill, back down to two feet. The next shot, mm-hmm. 11 inches. I said, what the hell? He did it again. He ended up missing the all four under 70 by one or two strokes with that. Happen. And he bogeyed the last, like crazy stuff to have that happen. Uh, Todd, or, or sorry, McCarthy was the other one. Denny McCarthy needed birdie on the last, puts it to 16 feet, does not get it. Shank puts it to 11 feet on the last hole, does not get it. Now he need that was big because that was for the streak on the yep. day. That was for the three in a row. It was for the, uh, he was already getting all four under 70, but it was also something out, the birdie points itself. So it was like yeah. a lot of points for anyone on the bubble of the Fantasy Golf World Championship. So it was a great sweat on Sunday with some friends and the people that are going to be down there uh, at, in Minneapolis at the 3M Open. So that was awesome to see. But just in general, not the are best. Are you going? Player. I'm going. Are you going? Yeah, nice. Going. So you, you got you, you to line up in there? I do not have a lineup for myself. No, uh, I was a, I was a bridesmaid, Kenny. If you don't make it, you yeah. have to have friends that do. That that's the, yeah. the, the trick. But uh, I wiggled my way into it, so that's good. So I'm excited to be down there. And if anybody's down there, I'll see you there. But a couple more quick notes because you met you mentioned it. But um, Aberg dropped the hammer on Sunday. That was the other thing. The guys in the morning that went out Sunday round four showdown and just in general, guys like Jaeger, Power. Uh, who were some of the others? I think Glover went out a little bit earlier. Uh, no, sorry, no, Grayson Murray. Um, Aberg and then Straka, those were the guys that posted the low rounds. After that, everyone was like minus two, minus three, maybe a little bit, maybe minus four, something like that. But for the most part, it was all the guys that went out early that posted the low rounds. That's how Straka got the job done. So shout out to him. But other than that, not too much uh, crazy about this event. Dwayne Bach yeah. on his bag. I know. Uh, usually on Kisner's bag. And, and you know, he just said they kind of got along good and made their Kisner's way. Kisner's taking a break from yeah. what I heard. I mean, probably because he sucks balls. But you know, yeah, it's probably why I second. But I was looking back at my best GPP lineup and look at his lineup. I had Cam Young who finished sixth, Shank who finished fourth, Smalley who finished second, Glover who finished sixth, Grayson Murray who finished sixth, and then Chesson Hadley missed the cut. Oh, and okay. I hate I hate life. See, Basically, that's, is what it comes that down is to for that reason because you could yeah. go find that he could be like Hardy, who even though he didn't do enough, or maybe yeah. other box, he could have been Quest. Or something. It's not like it would have been all that. What I thought you were gonna say, because that's that's painful. We've all been there. The five or six kings. It sucks when that happens. But what I noticed, and this is the other thing with the variance factor, just to bring in a strategy which we'll use for this week. Uh, you know, not so much for the Scottish Open, but just talking strategy as we always do. And then for the future weeks where we see these birdie fests, isn't it crazy? Like there was lineups out there that were still fifty points off first, with like three guys in the top ten and three guys in the top twenty. Your top T thirteen, T seventeen range. Because if you didn't have Straka, it's all over. And that's every tournament. Everyone's like, oh, you need the winner. Of course, I'm just saying like this, the separation in points. You could have a guy with like 97 points and feel good. Straka has that. It was no different than Henley a few weeks ago when he has 98, but Keegan has 140 something. That's the separator that you need. That's why sometimes those guys up there, you got to have them. You got to have them. I can't remember the last time I had five golfers in the top six. Yeah. In a GPP. And I finished 1,312. (laughs) <laughs> I know the lineup finished 1300, the 1312. Uh, at one point in time, I think on this lineup on Thursday and Friday was like top 10. 
in GPPs. I think I think if I think at one point it was number one on Friday at some point. And of course, that always happens. A, a lot know, of guys always have cut too, though. Your guy you talked about, but there was Carson yeah. Young. There was um, who's the other Patrick Rogers missed it on the missed it closer had a chance down the stretch. There was definitely other guys, but one last one I just thought of actually I was going to bring up Thor Bornson, Muau, um, who's the other one? Aberg and Quest again, all in the top twenty. Like the young guys doesn't matter. I know it's a birdie fest and whatever. But Cam man. Young showing a little life. Cam Young showing a little bit of life, except uh, for the back nine 18. on Sunday. Except yeah, for the back yeah, did, did double. I mean, I think on the front nine he was like five under and a stroke back for the day <laughs> because he's playing with uh he was playing with Straka. now um now that wasn't the only thing that happened this past week of course we had the women's u.s open which is a great watch i mean pebble beach for women it seems like it's better than it is for men uh just because they're not bombing it out there it was like the perfect course setup it was a beautiful course uh i really enjoyed watching the women um i forget the the lady's name corp, corp uh corpus corp- Corpus, that's it. She actually went to the same high school as Michelle Wee. Crazy. Uh, and then Michelle, and this was Michelle Wee's final U.S. Open. Uh, Barack Obama went there as well uh, to that same high school. Uh, she was the youngest to win the U.S. Pub Links and since Michelle Wee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's some crazy shit going on in the U.S. Uh, for the women's U.S. Open. Really fun watch. Primetime golf. You had to love it. And then, of course, the live controversy. Um, with Matt Wolf and Brooks Kapka. I did want to talk about that just a little bit uh, before we move on. And I know <clears throat> nowadays the whole mental health being important, it's important. I, you know, I, I, I understand it. You know, growing up, you know, if you're fucked up in the head, you just fucking deal with it and you go on. But that just doesn't fly anymore nowadays. The reasons why, who knows? That's, you, you, I mean, it's it's like a big deal now and you have to get through it. And I don't, I, you have to, Walk around eggshells sometimes when it comes in to this type of topic. Okay, uh, now now Matt Wolf, of course, his situation where right where Kepka just went off on him uh, about how he, he's not giving effort. It's not saying he sucks. It says he wasn't giving effort. Huge difference, right there. Huge difference. Um, if he's not giving the effort, then and it's a team sport. You know that's not good. Now the thing about it is like people are saying you know he shouldn't have called him out. I mean like I mean Kobe did that shit on a daily basis. You know what I'm saying? Kobe would call out his teammates every day. You know what I'm saying? You didn't hear shit about it. this. Is a, and again, I know people don't think live is like a team sport, but technically it is a team event, okay? My take on this is if you really are struggling mentally and you are playing a team sport, you should just leave. You should just not play until you get your mind right because you're not only hurting yourself, you're hurting your teammates. So looking back on the Summer Olympics, Simone Biles, or her basically quitting because she wasn't right in the head. At that moment in time, I thought it was horrible. But the more like I, I think about it, like obviously this mental health thing issue is a real thing. People have issues. People have problems. If you're having these problems and it's affecting your game and you play a team sport, you should just leave. You should just stop playing and maybe get come back later. Now, in Matt Wolf's situation, it's a little bit different. Because he took the back. So can he take a leave of absence for mental health? Maybe not. You know, does he have to give the money back? It's a weird situation here. But we're going to see this more and more with team sports, with the team aspect becoming a part of professional golf, because that's what's going to happen. At bare minimum, 
with this merger, if it goes through, we're going to see more team golf. And I just think it brings a really cool little niche. I have no problem with what, 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 what Brooks kept gear. Here's, here's another thing about it. Someone leaked that Kepka had too much of a work, a strong workout one morning a few months ago. Obviously, who leaked it? It had to have been Matt Wolf. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it had to have been Matt Wolf. No, no one else on the team is going to leak it. Chase ain't going to leak it. Kepka's not going to talk shit. Uh, I mean, I kept Kokrak's not going to leak it. But Brooks is not going to leak it. It had to have been Matt Wolf who leaked it. So, in Kepka's eyes, he's already talking to the press about problems that have happened in the team. And he was the first one to open his mouth to the press. Kepka was just doing his thing as a team captain and is going off on this guy who obviously, you know, released, you know, sensitive information to the press. He didn't have to. It was obviously Matt Wolf who did that. And so that's why I give Kepka a break. I mean, kudos to him. If a guy is fucking your team up, fucking your bag up, we've seen it in other team sports. Just because it's golf and there's been a tradition of gentlemanness doesn't mean that that does not apply to team sports. You've seen in Ryder Cups, people go off. You've seen Seve want to fight people. You've seen, uh, you know, the Americans talk shit about their coach. You've seen other players talk shit about people on their team, Patrick Reed. Uh, When it comes to team competitions, this is not new. This is not the first time this shit has happened in golf, you know? And so, I don't have a problem with team captains, especially if this is going to be a bigger part of the professional game. I mean, yeah, you try and do it in-house, and I'm sure he did because he's been having these issues. They've been talking about this, he had, you know, for about two, three months, you know, and, and Kepka just finally had it. He's like, done. You know, this guy's not giving the effort. He's coming in last place. He's not giving a shit. You know what I'm saying? This is a team competition. I'm going to call his ass out. I got no problem with that. Now, the issue for Matt Wolf is, if he's really that fucked up in the head and he's having these issues, he should not be playing the sport at this moment in time, especially if it's a team game. If you're a tennis player or if you're playing on the PGA Tour and there's no teams, go ahead. You know, if, you, if, you're fuck, if you're having fucking mental issues, but it's only you that's being affected, go out and play. No problem. Ain't no one going to say shit. But once it becomes a team atmosphere, that changes. And, and I don't care if we're supposed to tiptoe around this topic for mental health. When it comes to team sports, if you're having an issue and your production is down because mentally you're not in the right place, you need to get off the fucking team. You need to get off the fucking team. Plain and simple. What Simone Biles did, I respect now. After a couple of years and trying to, you know, going through this, I respect what she did. She knew that if she went out there, she would fuck up. She didn't want to fuck up the team, so she took the leave of absence. And she hasn't been back for since recently she just got back recently now, now she wants to make the olympus again for the next time uh, and again i understand the matt wolf situation it's in live but i mean this is not going to be the only time we hear about this um now that the team sport that the golf is going to a team aspect uh professional golf so we, we're going to gear up for it because it's going to happen there's going to be some egos hurt and, and i and i'm sort of for it. i'm sort of for what do you think about it yeah, I think it's tough to comment because usually I'm super opinionated and I not not that I don't agree with you or agree or disagree. It's not about that as much as just saying it. Like the part that we don't know is the part that you said that makes the most sense to me. Is like you said, if you're not in the right space mentally and you want to step away because you believe you're, where you're at right now is going to affect the team and you don't want to do that, you should step away. I think that's the right thing to do. 
But I don't know if there's a possibility for that here, because if you think about exactly. how this played out outside of what just happened in this past week and us just being degenerates and following it as our, our title st- states is he did step. I mean, we, I'm, it looks like he did try and step away or quit and quitting's different than stepping away. But if he just says, look, I'm not in the right space. I had enough. We don't know the truth here. They scrubbed him from the Twitter. They took him off the thing. Like he was out. That's where this, all yeah. this thing sparked from. He obviously went the extra steps. Like I said, if it was him and you kind of assume based on the way the, the article plays out is it, that he leaked the video himself saying, well, this is the type of shit I had to put up with in different terms saying like, Hey, I didn't do that, but this is what happened. And so there's a situation where he's not happy with it. And that's where Kepka comes from saying, look, buddy, if you didn't like the workouts too fucking bad, step back in the ring, either play with us or get out. But then who knows what the powers above, but maybe he can't get out. That that's the issue. That's in this what I'm situation. saying. Is like listen, and, and that's why it's such a weird, it's a yeah, weird, it's different than delicate the other situation. situation. Yeah, it's different yeah. than the other situation because the other thing about Simone, mm-hmm. and again, not to bring this all the, but to full circle, is just say like obviously she had to take on, definitely going through some stuff mentally, and then having a whole country come down on her, double mm-hmm. down. She she knew that was coming. So whoever said, mm-hmm. I agree with you, it's a good idea to step away. You have to deal with the ultimate backlash of it being for the United States of America in the Olympics, for medals, everything that goes with that. No one really gives a shit about Liv for the most part. We're making fun of it, Donald. We do. Like we watch it. We'll we'll pay attention to the names for a while. I'm just saying. Cam Smith wins again, 16 to 1 to open championship. Correct. And that's funny that that's not even part of the conversation. Right before the mm-hmm. open, we're talking about this. And it's true because it's the drama that goes with it. And you just wonder what really goes on behind the scenes. But something caused Matt Wolf to be out. And now back in, and you can't sit back comfortably and say, well, they must have sorted out. Clearly they fucking didn't. When Brooks is going on saying that, nothing got sorted out. Someone either said, too bad Brooks, he's going back in, or too bad Matt, if you want your next paycheck, you better step back in the ring and you guys figure it out. And then Brooks is like, well, that don't work for me, so I'm going to try a different method. And right when different, that makes sense to me on how it played out, because he was like, well, if that don't work, then I'm doing this instead. And he just comes because, out. Because, I mean, and of course, Matt Wolf finished dead last this past week. Again. He was on the range. The last man off the range. The first man on the range. Same result. But. Still finished way, dead last. He's putting the work yeah. in, he says. Yeah, yeah I guess. Uh, so that was just my take on that. I just, you know, and we're going to see more of that. You mm-hmm. know, if the team competition becomes a big part of professional golf, you're going to see people talking shit all the time. It's going to add another layer of content to golf, which I'm going to enjoy thoroughly. Uh, it should be fun. We'll see how it plays out. All right. So let's and anything else before we, before I move on, Tampa? No, all good, man. Just quick note, because we're going to the Listener League. Did not fill last week. Begged and pleaded. We're, we're on the outs. We'll see. But we're trying to get back in on this 2,500 person, the Open. Have to fill this week and fill it fast. So please... Asking a favor, again, help me help you. It's the same. When we get the bigger tournament, it's better for everyone. It's the same reduced rate. It's the same awesome payout structure. It's more money for the prizes. It's a way to get your bankroll in good and have a shot. So all we're saying is go to my Twitter right now. or on the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Twitter. Kenny's retweeted on any of our Twitters. Find the link. Pause this show, video, podcast, whatever. Go jump in. Get your three entries in for 15 bucks. $5 three max. Fill this week's fast. It's already filling faster than last week. So hopefully we fill this one out. It was just a John Deere thing. They did not overlay last week. That's my argument, Kenny. So you didn't lose any money on our deal last week. We just, we missed it by, I think it was 57 spots or something. So either way, fill this week. And I think we still get 2,500 for next week, but let's fill this week for starters. Go ahead. All right. That sounds good. The listener league winner was Rockwell2307 with a baboon making a phone call. 
as his avatar. Uh, he went ahead and had started his lineup with Denny McCarthy, uh, 20% owned, Alex Smalley, 13% owned. Of course, Denny finished in six, Smalley finished runner-up. He had Hubba Hubbard, uh, 13% owned, finished in six. Ches Reevy, 25% owned, finished in 35th. Brendan Todd, of course, runner-up, 5% owned. And Nate Lashley, 5% owned, finished in 21st. Tambo, what's the lineup? Yeah, I was just going to try and see real quick. This is like a prime example, though, of what I was talking about, Kenny. So he puts up 623. He crushes our field, like 609, 590. Like, everyone did good here. Everyone put up almost 600 points, but he still does it by almost 25 points. And the winner of the 20 all, look how good this lineup is. You have T2, T2, T6, T6, T21, and Ches Reevy, your worst guy who put up 85 points, basically 84 and a half. The winner of the $20 had 702. Like you just, obviously no Straka, so I get it. And that's one thing. I don't think Straka was very heavily owned, at least in this. He was 6%. I think he was 8% on the main. He, he fit in that price zone in, at 8,600 that most were either going above in the 9Ks or up or just skipping over to the bottom. 8K, they either had uh, Jagger or Smalley above him or they had the guys at the bottom in Rogers or Nick Taylor. I remember the pricing from last week, but just in general, it's just the craziest thing that that 141 just makes such a difference because no one in his lineup was over Brendan Todd's 120, 118 for Smalley. Overall, great build. You look at it, it's a 10, 8, and then all 7s. Uh, went lower in the 7s, so the leverage plays in Todd and Lashley off of the chalk that was all at 7,300 to 7,500. So he got one underneath in Lashley, one above in Todd. It allowed him to still get Reevy and Denny in there. And Denny was owned, but you still had Henley and Cam Young and guys like that get love up top. So biggest takeaway, awesome job to Rockwell 2007. Already got him in the Tournament of Champions. We'll see him in the three-man this week. Congrats to Rockwell. But biggest takeaway, Kenny, uh, just looking at it, ownership really spread out. The construction is what matters most, right? Like you got to find a way to get a little bit unique, not a single 9K guy, not a single 6K guy, and skip the hub of $7,300 for Hadley, for Callum Terran, for uh, Carson Young, for all the guys in that $7,300 to $7,500 range, just skipped it above and below. It allowed him to still play a chalk Reavy and good lineup construction overall. So shout out to Rockwell 2307. Sounds good. Let's get to this week. Uh, the PGA Tour, in conjunction with the DP World Tour, head across the pond for the Scottish Open plate from the Renaissance Club. Uh, this club has been played. This event has been played at the Renaissance Club uh, the last four years, but this is only the second time it has been co-sanctioned by the PGA and the DP World Tour. Last year, of course, was the first. Uh, in the four previous iterations of this event, scoring has been weather dependent. Uh, Weisberger and Min Woo Lee, Lee won here uh, in good weather conditions with a score of minus 22 and minus 18, respectively. Uh, Aaron Rye defeated Fleetwood in a playoff here during windy and cold conditions with a score of minus 11. Last year, Xander won a minus 7 with a wind-swept weekend, extremely fast and firm conditions. Um, you know, as with many Lynx-type courses, the weather is the main defense of the course, and it doesn't look horrible uh, this week. You know, it's Monday, so take it with a grain of salt, but it looks like 30 to 35, 30, 35 mile per hour gusts just on Sunday, uh, maybe 20 mile per hour gusts and a bit of rain uh, on the other days, other three days. Now with the rains, but probably a big deal. It's going to make the course play a lot softer. Uh, it should make the course play a lot softer. We'll see. Um, and, you know, and, and I think, you know, Driving distance has been a little bit of a tell here in the last couple of years. There's been some good people, uh, top finishers who just pound the ball out there. I think it's going to be even a little bit more important. 
this year if, if it's if you're not going to get that rollout that you got here last year. Uh, now, when it comes to comp courses for PGA Tour players, you can look at past Open Championships, maybe the RSM Classic, Honda Classic, which are both seaside courses where a win can play a large factor. Uh, for the Euros, looking at Pat, the past four years here, uh, along with the Open Championship and other events played in Green uh, in uh, Great Britain, Ireland, or Scotland. Um, if you're looking for a correlation event that contained both PGA and Euros on the link style course, other than last year here, take a peek at the 2022 Saudi International event at Royal Green. So it was a link style course uh, with a lot of top names who ended up playing that event. Now, the Renaissance Club is a 7,300-yard link style par 70 with 10 par 4s, 5 par 3s, and 3 par 5s. Uh, the three par fives, the drivable par four fifth, and the two short par threes are the easiest six holes on the course, all playing under par. Uh, golfers need to take advantage of these holes throughout the week to be in contention. More than half the par fours range from 450 to 500 yards. Um, and these holes will be, you know, will be difficult. The par four 18th was actually the hardest hole on tour last year, um, uh, playing like 0.6.7 strokes over par. If you have a golfer at or near the cut line on Friday, heading into 18 as his final hole, he's scared. Okay. Uh, this is not a true links course. There's only four holes play alongside the ocean, but it has all the other components of link style golf. Uh, off the tee golfers see average size rolling fairways with a fair amount of undulation. These fairways are designed to play firm and fast. We will see. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be rainy. I, we're not going to see it like last year. It was basically concrete uh, out there. It's definitely going to be a lot softer. Uh, you know, these. so uh, if golfers just missed the fairway in the rough, uh, it shouldn't be too difficult to play out of, but link style, imagination, and use of the ground game will be needed for some approaches out of the rough. Uh, the farther a golfer misses the fairway by, the more penal the rough will be. Uh, golfers will love the rough compared to the deep fairway pot bunkers. Get too close to the edge of these, uh, edge of these, and then golfers will have to pitch out sideways. Uh, you know, unlike true links courses, there are a few trees to deal with if golfers miss wildly off the tee, and wild drives can also find the high fescue in some areas. Uh, on approaches, golfers will see large, massively undulating, slow greens. I'd expect them to be very firm with the. Uh, they're usually very, very firm. We'll see how much this rain really affects it. I, I think the softer the conditions get, the more it's going to favor bombers and the easier the scoring it's going to be overall. Uh, pot bunkers surround these upside down bowl shaped greens. Um, there are large runoff areas, which will see a lot of play, especially if the wind picks up. Uh, these elevated greens will be difficult to get it up and down in. So short game prowess will be necessary to succeed. Uh, the grass and on the greens is fescue, and I'd expect the stint meter rating to be 10.5 or lower, so maybe even 9.5. We'll see. That, you know, With the windy conditions, they usually try and keep it low. If it's not going to be as windy, maybe we see 10.5 around there. Um, now, once again, uh, tricky pot bunkers come into play around the greens. If the weather holds, um, I think I expect a lot of par putts from 5 to 10 feet this week. And I think, you know, winning score, mid-teens. If it's going to be, uh, you know, uh, not as windy and softer as, as than what we saw last year. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers? Uh, mainly what you just talked about and also the fact that, like you said, we actually can go off something here. So we've got history. We've got the Lynx style course fit that we're going to be looking at. So uh, we'll go through it as we go through all the tiers. But just in general, uh, pricing, pretty soft. Again, Kenny, we will uh, we'll get to it. But, you know, some of the prices on some of these guys, there'll be some decisions 
to be made. You know, I just guess I'll say it because I talked about it earlier. So I'll bring back the strategy piece. I went early on it today, but we're going to see it spread out again. We're going to know who the guys are that get a little bit more popular than others. But up at the top, you've got Scheffler, Rory, X, Cantlay. People will talk him into always a little bit of him, and we'll go down from there. When you get to the 8Ks, you'll get to the guys that are seemingly too cheap, even though some of them have been horrible. But you have decisions to be made with Aberg, Justin Thomas, Sung J M, Justin Rose, those guys. So ownership's going to be spread out. I think course history and links, uh, whatever you want to call it, links acumen or you know links express, where they they can go out and get the job done on links courses. That's where people are going to lean to the most. But I don't think we're going to see it as congested as what you might think, Kenny. So I do think we'll talk about it like Hovland, um, or sorry, Hatton, Fleetwood. Those guys will get the love, but there's still, then there's Speed, Lowry, Minwoo right underneath them. So there's your next pocket. Go down from there. There's the guys up top. Like there, there's, it's going to be the same as always. So it's going to come down to more what we talked about with the listener league, where you can break it down and just say, okay, what does, what does the lineups look like that everyone's building? And how can I go about building mine? All right, let's start off with this 10K range. We have Fitzpatrick all the way up to Scheffler. How are you going about it this week? Yeah, it's the two at the top, Rory and Scheffler. Oh, no, Canley. I'm sorry, Canley going up to Scotty. There's only four 10K golfers this week. Yeah, I'm only thinking about the guys at the top. But the one that stands out, again, not as much as um, you may think. Like, Cantley's down there, and he came fourth here last year. But so did, I mean, Xander first year last year and 10th the year before. Uh, we saw Xander show up at Travelers where he had one and then shows up again and gets a top 10 or whatever. Like this is a guy that just has the complete game always. So he's my, you know, most interesting tournaments, Scotty being the best up top. It's just a matter of what you do with Rory and Cantley there. So the ones that stand out, Scotty, um, Xander, and then Rory as well. Who do you like up top? I'm playing Rory. Definitely. Uh, he's the one guy I'm going to play up top. I mean, the guy's been playing good golf. I mean, there's just nothing to it. I mean, and especially if the if the conditions are going to be a little bit softer, a little bit rain, a little bit soft. That sounds like Rory to me, pounding out there with the driver. Uh, you know, get your iron play. I really like Rory this week up top. He's gonna be my favorite play uh in the 10k range. Now I'm thinking about playing Scotty and Xander um also. Uh, and just going like 30%, maybe, maybe 30, 40, 30, or something like that, and starting all three of all my lineups with with Scotty. Uh, Xander or uh, Rory contemplating it. We'll see. I know for a fact I'm going to play Rory. We'll have to see how the week goes uh, and see who the other ones I do play. But uh, Rory's definitely going to be my favorite here at the 10K. I'm going to have a bunch of them. Moving down to this 9K range, I got two of my cash game cornerstones here. I'm going with the two Euros down here with Link's experience. Terrell Hatton, 60P World Tour wins. You know, like four of them were like, three of them were Rolex Series events. One was the BMW PJ Championship, which is like the flagship tour event. So good fields in those events. You know, he can play uh, around uh, in, in links. Um, he's had, I think, a, a top 20 finish here uh, in the past. He hasn't missed a cut at this event. Uh, he's been playing exceptional golf this year. I mean, the way he's been striking the ball, it's been his best year. I think a win is coming. And this seems like perfect for him to get his win. And he so richly deserves after the way he's been playing, he's probably been the best golfer without a win this year. What would you say? Probably. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely up there. It's hard to always yeah. qualify it that way, but playing very good. And now yeah. a really good opportunity here to get the job done. Yeah. So I took him a 22 to one. Uh, he, he's my headline bet up top. Uh, he's my first guy in my cash game cornerstone. I really like Hatton. Uh, this week next is going to be Fleetwood two top fives here uh, in the last three years, including what fourth place last year, 
four top fives in his last eight events, 10 events or something like that. So you know the form's there. You know he plays Lynx Golf well. If the wind and the weather picks up, I got no worries with Tommy Fleetwood. So go ahead and give me those two to go ahead and to start my cash game lineups. My favorite GPP play, probably on the whole board, is going to be Wyndham Clark uh, at $9,000. Again, above him is Fleetwood, Spieth, Lowry, um, um, uh, Hatton. You know, those are going to be popular guys. Below him is going to be Min Woo, who's going to be extremely popular. Uh, you know, Rose might be popular. Could he get the squeeze? Could it be 10 to 12%? That's what I'm hoping. I, I went in and took him 40 to 1, and he's going to, I think he's going to, he's going to be my highest owned golfer. I'm going to put him at like 45%, almost 50% uh, this week in my lineups. I mean, the iron game is strong. He crushes the ball off the tee. Top 20 around the green in this field. I mean, what more do you fucking want? Uh, give me Wyndham Clark. He knows how to go. Obviously, he knows how to play against the big boys. That shit don't phase him uh, after winning that U.S. Open. Give me Wyndham Clark. Favorite play on the board. Favorite bet on the board. Forty one. Okay, Tampa, perfect. Uh, per- perfect time here. So I'm gonna step in because this is a great learning experience. I think someone you know newer to DFS or watching this and trying to figure out strategy and ownership and all these things. What? So everything you just said, Kenny. The 10 to 12%, when you mentioned it, you, if you hear the spark in Kenny's voice, you're just hoping that. he You're hoping uh, he's lower owned. I'm hoping. You, but you love the play. I'm not calling you out. I'm, I'm siding with you here. I, you love the play. Favorite play, favorite bet, favorite everything you said, taking 45%. So what if things flip and he comes in at 20% and the guys around him, the Min Woos are 15 and the, the guys above him uh, you know, get 12 to 15? That's the whole point. What we try and explain to everybody, it's not about who you play, it's how you play them. In a vacuum, someone will still tell you, well, I want the guy that's lower owned in a matchup against him if you give me those odds. I get it. I'm saying you still have to fill out your lineup with five other plays, and Kenny's not really picking him just because he thinks he's going to be low owned. That's an added bonus, benefit, or excitement piece to him if he can get him at that. But he loves him, and 45%, guess what? It's going to get the job done regardless if he shows up at 12, 15, or 20 you're still in gear and way overweight. So I think that's one thing people definitely have to take away from because I get it all the time in the Ship It Nation Discord where someone will say, oh man, I liked him. I thought he was going to be 12%. And then he came in at 18. Who can, you, Did you like him or did you like the ownership? And it can be both. I'm not calling everybody out. I'm just saying. And it could be just the ownership sometimes. I mean, like- Sometimes it's you know, the other way. But yeah. when you're looking at it like that, you it sounds like at least, that's what I'm trying to call out here is it doesn't look like you'll be very mad if he comes in at 18 to 20 by Wednesday night, when it, when you were hoping he came in at 10 to 12, that's where people get confused. If you love that play, commit to that play. And that's just the added benefit of what's around him and all the other stuff. I think that's one thing people need to take away. Uh, One thing quick before I go my nine K range, because we have similar thoughts there. What I forgot to ask you up top is I see it and it includes this range, Kenny, but nine K and up, it looks very strong compared to the drop-off of the eight K's. But then I can see where there's upper 6K guys and lower 7K guys that are almost the same as the upper 7K guys bar the one to two guys I think people are going to mention, like Aaron Rye, Lucas Herbert, those types of guys for sure, with Link's um, prowess is the word I was looking for earlier, and the fact that Rye won here and Herbert's been close and in the mix a bunch of times. But do you think there's a play here just to play two or three of these guys above 9K? and just skip everybody in that 75 to 8,900 range? Or, you know, what's your thoughts on roster construction that way? I mean, that would work. I mean, the thing is, you know, having as many guys as possible over 9K is not the worst way to go about it. I mean, shit, go Wyndham, Clark, Fleetwood, and Flowler. I mean, 
you still got plenty of cash yeah. uh, to go ahead and do your thing. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't, I do not hate that at all. Yeah. So two, twofold, I would say that is a thought. The other thought is the guys up top get a little bit held in check, Kenny. Again, they won't fully because you can still go with Scotty or Rory and then hop down to this 9K range and get a guy just like people did last week, just like people did uh, the week before with Ricky and then drop down and, and to Sungjae. Last week, people were doing it with one of Cam Young, Henley or McCarthy dropping down into that 9K range. So it's fine. I'm just saying, I think there's something to be said for just playing two of these guys up top and then dropping down from there. The other alternate way is to take like a Scotty or a Rory and then drop into this 8K range. We'll get to it in a minute. But as far as the 9K goes, I think Fitz, uh, Fitzy, interesting tournament flyer because I, I don't think people want to pay that price. Not when you can just go up a little bit and get Xander at 10-4 or people, people always get sold on Cantlay, by the way. So that's going to happen too. And I don't hate it. Obviously, Cantlay plays incredible, but that's my argument. If you want to play guys up top, just sip, get different down low and in your overall roster construction. But Hatton, Fleetwood should be popular. Fowler has been playing incredible golf, has Link's uh, prowess himself, won a Scottish Open back in the day, 2015. Uh, always plays good over here. So, and now he's playing good again. So feeling pretty good coming in. And then I think Spieth Lowry get the love as well. So like you said, all these guys should get a little bit of ownership. I like your Clark call. I think Spieth is always interesting at these creative type courses. Obviously himself, um, not so bad 10th year last year at this course. And then Hatton Fleetwood is going to be extremely popular. So single entry, maybe look to get a little bit different in that range. And those two, maybe people will start with them and build their balance lineups that way. Something Mayo and myself will look at on the Wednesday show in studio. But I do think it's interesting that, uh, you know, you could just build with two guys up above completely and skip this range too. So those are the guys I like, but I definitely think there's some roster construction thoughts here to be had. Let's go to the 8K range. Uh, my third cash game cornerstone. This one's sort of a little bit out there. I like Max Homa uh, at $8,800. Uh, again, you play home at home, of course, I know there's, he's only played here once, but he finished 16th last year. So he has some liking to the course. There is some t- chatter about how this plays similar to LACC similar uh you know and of course he has he has experience at lacc uh gained uh, what five strokes of his approaches eight strokes t to green last time out uh he played uh again uh, one of the best par three guys out there there's five of them this week um so i, I really and you know he's really good on longer par fours like i think there's five from 450 to 500 yards or uh, maybe even six uh in, in that range he's top 10 uh, in, in uh, proximity or uh, par four efficiency from that range. So um, I, I'm a real big uh, home of fan this week. He's going to be my third cash game cornerstone. Uh, other guys I do like, I'm going to be playing the guys in the bottom. I'm playing JT. I'm going back to the well at this price. Uh, I'm not going to bet him, but I think for DraftKings, uh, I'll go ahead and, and shoot my shot with him, see if he can improve uh, a little bit. He has had success at this course in the past. Um, and I'm going Aberg. I, I know like people are like hit or miss when it comes to him, but the guy drives the ball so well. Like and, and he hits it so you know, 315, 320, 335 every time. And he's he's so accurate um for the most part. Um, you know, with that drive, pretty good Sunday showing this past week. You know the talent's there. Uh so go ahead and I'll play a little bit of Aberg. Uh, this week. Who do you like in AK range? Yeah, I obviously like that call. The guys continue to show it. So at 8,200, it's a much better price tag too. And I know that the field got increased versus what we've seen them at and like the RBC. And then last week and some of these easier birdie fests and stuff, but in general, just, you know, his numbers look pretty solid. He's still got a lot to prove. So I don't hate that. I like Scott 
I guess right below him, if you go look at Adam Scott, he's a guy that you could play here. You know, nothing at this course, but this form has actually been pretty solid. Fifth, eighth, ninth, 19th, miscut in the 29th. That's not too bad for him. Stats all look really good across the board. Solid uh, in his last three months of play. Really good on those longer par f- uh, fours that you talked about. So definitely think he's the guy you could go to down at the bottom. I'm with you, uh, JT. Even though he's probably going to get steamed, that's where I would, uh, you know, then consider it. Because to me, Kenny, this whole range is almost the same. Like there are as talent wise and potential for floor upside and, and volatility and everything. I don't see a lot here. I think Rose is more interesting to me than, than probably Homa. I, I like your Homa call out, but I do think Rose is still pretty interesting there. And then I always play Sungjae, but uh, Tom Sungjae are, you know, both right there. So probably Rose, um, Aberg, Scott, and then maybe like JT M like that's kind of where I'm looking at in this range of stands out. Minwoo, Obviously going to be very popular. I think, like you said, it's, it, it's not, I wouldn't fade him just because of ownership either. I just don't have the same love for him that like you had for Wyndham Clark. Therefore, I don't need mm-hmm. to feel the need to be like, I need to jam all of this guy that I need to possibly have versus others are loving him. So I think there's just a lot of other guys in the range that, that could be the same for less ownership and maybe even better stats on paper and similar stats versus, you know, you go look Minwoo won here two years ago and is playing good right mm-hmm. now. So I get it, but that's the best I like Rose is a good. I like Rose as a pivot off Minwoo Chalk this week. I, I'm a fan of that just because I I know Pat was talking about it on his show uh, how he's been over there playing a few events. He should have won the Betfred Mat Betfred Masters. You know he's been there. Uh, he knows how to play these link style courses. I, I'm a fan. He did miss the cut here last year. Um, may, you know, but I mean, again, the conditions. I, I'm not really you know for cash. I'd like a good showing at this course at some point in time. So, you know, all four of my cash game cornerstones this week have had a top 18 or better at this course. Uh, so, you know, that's where I'm going with in cash, but I I, I like Rose uh, for GPPs as a decent pivot uh, off Min Woo. Um, let's all go on ahead and move on to the seventh. I'll go ahead and finish my cash game cornerstones. I'm going with Seaweed Doug Kim again. The guy has just been playing exceptional golf, uh, five, six events in a row. His iron game has been fantastic. Um, you know, above average uh, around the greens, well above average from a 200 plus top 15 in par three scoring in this field. Top 20 here last year at this event. So go ahead and give me Seaweed Doug as my final cash game cornerstone. So my four cornerstones this week are going to be um, Hatton. At 9,600, Fleetwood at 9,400, Homa at 8,800, and Doug Ginn at 7,500. That leaves like 14.7 left. Um, if you want to add somebody else to that cash lineup, I really like Alex Smalley uh, at $7,900. Again, playing excellent golf. Uh, runner up last last week, top 10 here at this event last year. And that was with, you know, Pretty strong ass field. Uh, Iron game has been really strong. He's been top, he's been seven, top 20 in strokes gained T to green in this field in the last 50 rounds. That's saying something with all these names in this field. So I like Smalley uh, a lot here in the upper 7K range. Who do you like in the upper 7K? Yeah, well, it's funny you brought that up because I was about to say everything you said about uh, your other guy there, which was Doug, was you could almost say it for Smalley, two top t- two top nines in his last three, another made cut, a 10th year last year, and then you go and bring him up. So I think that's uh, part of the thought process. Aaron Rye, obviously everyone's going to love. I bet him this morning at 75 to one, uh, coming in off a third, a ninth, and a 24th. One here two years ago, or three years ago, I guess now, 35th, <laughs> then a miscut. So he, I mean, he's right there. That makes sense. Rasmus, 
Hodgegaard, he he won last week. So I'm not saying to go there. I'm just saying it's interesting. And then he had a top 10 here last year as well. But Lucas Herbert is another guy I think is going to pop for people. And 15th at his most recent outing, two fourth places here in the last three years. I, I can see that. But this is short game links. Yeah. God. So this is the only thing I'll say, going back to my thoughts earlier, if you're going to have so many of these guys that you can compare to, but that's where I think you got to look at the roster construction. I think really easily with Smalley, Rye, Herbert. I already heard a lot of love for Thigala. People that can't believe Gary Woodland is 7,600. Looks to me like 7,600 to 7,900 is that hub this week where, you know what I mean? You got Adam Scott, Aberg, Thomas, that maybe, maybe Thomas gets some love. Let's say he does. But of that, there's guys in the 8K range that won't get as much. There's plenty of guys from 7,400 down that we're about to get into where they can't all get the love. And that's like that lineup our Lister League winner made last week. So you can make a case for all those guys instead of having to make hard and fast picks on a first look show just to say, I like them, but, you know, and play them. But it's all how you play them. That's where you have to be careful because that's the popular build for sure. Kenny, you can just see it already. Woodland, by the way, pops quite a bit as well. Even Harmon some too there. So it's like Woodland, Harmon, Thigala, Herbert, Rye, and even Smalley, that whole range, people can play two or three of them, no problem. I, I could just look to get different and go to a lot of these guys, 7,500 and below. What, what's your thoughts down here? Down below, you know, I mean, Moronk uh, at 7,300, you know, good win player. Uh, that's someone to look at down here. Um, uh, Brandon Wu, is another guy that I like, you know, he gets a lot of drafting points. He's really good at par threes as well. Um, so I, I, I like um, Brandon Wu is a cheaper type option. Uh, and then, you know, other guys that, that I might be playing, um, maybe Bobby Mack. Uh, he's been struggling a little bit, but showed a little bit last week. I think he had the lead in the final round uh, in um, uh, wherever the hell they, Himmerland, wherever Himmerland. the hell they played, played that event last week. I mean, you know, linksy type of guy. This could suit him. Uh, I don't know how much ownership he's going to gather, so I like him as well. What about you? Yeah, he sometimes does get a little bit popular, so it is what it is. But it's not. I wouldn't fade him because that he's a guy I like. I actually bet him this week at ninety to one. You know, you go back and look. You talked about coming off the fourth before that, an eighteenth and thirty ninth, fourteenth and eighteenth here. Two of the last three years, we've seen him. This is not a major. It's a tune up for the final major of the year, but we've seen him in majors, different, different styles, not just the open where he's shown up in strong fields at tough courses. Now we're talking about one in his homeland in, in Scotland. So I think that it, it's a spot you could definitely play Bobby Mack. I like him here. Uh, Cam Davis, Moronk, who else? Bezadenhout. Um, people been on him and off him. He hasn't done nothing lately, but 16th here last year. I think this would be a better fit and a setup. I know some people wanted to play him the opposite, but I, I don't mind that. Norrin is a guy jordan smith is another guy plays over in the euro tour that you can see come out here and show up uh pa- patty the batty padre harrington people will make fun of this pick but man he always finds his way around these courses and at the same time uh you know hitting it longer than ever so you can go back to him you know here at 7100 now to my point though kenny none of these guys to me can pick up much steam when you've got all the guys in the upper 7k range so that's why I, you know mentioned a few more here even alexander bjork He's coming in off a uh, 6th, 9th, 8th, and 4th, almost in the playoff last week in the same Himmerland tournament you just talked about in Denmark, made in Himmerland. And the last three years here, 19th, 26th, and 42. Made cuts, and 19th in the in the original year. 60, like The guy's been fine. Or sorry, no, 62nd that year. But still, 19th, 26th, and 42nd here the last three years. He's been fine. He's coming in playing good golf. Nobody's going to go there. Like it, It'll be a small percentage 
that gets there, especially when you have Cam Davis, um, Moronk, all these guys. So I, I just think these are the guys you have to look for this week. And this construction also works, Kenny, because back to my my previous point, when you go Hatton, Fleetwood, Rye, so on, so like basically you go your cash lineup, it looks good. Take out Homa for a second and go Hatton, Fleetwood, uh, Smalley, Gim, Rye. I don't even know where that lands, but my point is it's going to look pretty good on paper and it makes sense and they have good history and they get, they're good on links and all that. My point is it's also going to be a popular ownership overall as across the, the, the whole use of it. Uh, total ownership, I should say. And then on top of it, it's going to be a common type build where when people think they're going off the guys at the top and that's unique, but you're still landing on all the same areas and all the same chalk. So it's not really a unique build. So I really do like getting down in this range. Kitayama, I think you mentioned him, but he was another guy at 7,400. So lots of guys, 7,400 to 7K that you can go to. If you're a real sicko, do you go back to Patrick Rogers? Cause that'll be the ultimate flop leg. He was 24% in the fantasy golf world championship round two last week, even, um, you know, similar or higher in some of the high stakes stuff. Would you go back to him at 7,000 even, or no, can't do it. No, I'm not thinking about him at that price. There's a couple, I do like Kitty Amas, your Kitty Ama call runner up here last year. Dude is super boom bust. He's going to make the cut of top 10, this bitch. Mm-hmm. And at, and at 7,400, you take that, you know what I'm saying? You take that risk. I, I like that play. Um, now, if you're going down, uh, around who you're talking about in the 7K range. Maybe Garrett Higo uh, played decent uh, uh, last week. Uh, someone that you can look at. But I, I like the guys, uh, some guys in this high 6K range, like Thurston Lawrence Howell III. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of his. Again, another guy who knows how to play these type of courses. He won a couple of weeks ago. Um, Matthew Pavon might be the final guy in my cast lineup. Uh, 14 to 17 made cuts uh, on the European tour this past year. Uh, he's made his last three cuts at this event, including a 12th place a couple of years ago. Um, so I do like Pavon. Um, Matthew Southgate is another Lynx style type guy who really performs well in Lynx type courses. Uh, you know, Himberlin last week, Lynx E, Lynx S, finished top 10 there. Um, so I like him. Who do you like in the six K range? Not, not very much. And that's, uh, yeah, you know, much. Challenge I have. Like I those said, are the three that I'm looking at. I listed all those guys in the low sevens for that reason. And even some others I didn't, that I could take some chances on. Like if you want to play JT post and hope he found something last week and just find his way around. Uh, I know he hasn't been to, to this course or seen it, but just to mention it, like there is other guys in that range, but going into the six K range, man, it, it's, you're taking a lot of, uh, a lot of risk. Matt Wallace was one. You mentioned Matt South, Matthew Southgate, who, who I was also with you on a guy we bet, uh, all the time, me, me and Baroff, first-round leader, uh, talked about that. We bet him last week. I think he ended up finishing the last three rounds really solid, just not in the actual first round where we bet him. So uh, you mentioned Thriston, Thirsty Lawrence. I'm sure Mayo will talk about him this week, a guy that actually wins. I think he's got four wins on the DP World Tour and, and mixing the, the two tours, the names. So going down here, one or two guys, maybe more will pop out by the end of the week, but I, I could see plugging them into your lineups and hoping that it works out. But like you said, you do have to know the volatility you're taking on uh, Romaine. This is the guy that I was trying to mess around with uh, Pat last week, Lang- Langesk. He finished eighth two weeks ago, has a third and a 44th here. He's a guy that I think people would take a chance on. Matt Wallace, who I told you I liked, 14th, 30th, and 26th before the miscut. You mentioned Pavon. I'm just looking at some guys with some history. Uh, Guido, boom bust, but coming in off a 10th, 28th, and then the 58th when we liked him. But he's got a 28th and a 35th, two of his last four years here. Southgate, I already talked about the ninth and the 26th. A lot of 
have they seen it before and what have they done lately? Jamie Donaldson, I'll have to ask Bear off about him, but 26 and 39, two times out, and he has a ninth and a sixth here. Could be somebody that you look at. After that, man, I just don't see a lot, and I think you're taking on a, a lot of that risk once you go down here. So, there, you know, unless it makes everything work for you and you feel good about it, there's not a lot that I see down here that I love. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the Jamie Donaldson is sort of a good call. I can, I can get on board with him probably being like my cheapest guy that I play uh, this week, more than likely. All right, so let's get the bets. Uh, I'll go first. I got Hatton, 22 to 1. Um, I got Wyndham Clark, eight places each way, 40 to 1. Um, Smalley, 66 to 1 with eight places each way. And Kitayama, 90 to 1, eight places each way. Okay, I got some bets too. I was just trying to figure out who the last guy. Oh, Samuja was the other guy I was looking at. He came fourth last week, was almost in the mix, has a ninth and a 20th here. And then uh, the other guy that we bet a lot, I'll have to ask him too, but like Connor Simi, 14th and 68th. He's got four made cuts here. Uh, sorry, three made cuts here, all three times that he played it. So just looking at it from that perspective. If you want to go to these guys, like, it's taking on a lot of risk. I don't think I'll be very heavy down in this range. For me, Kenny, uh, JT, 40 to one with eight places. Had to, had to take that one. If he's going to show up, it gets me a top eight. He's got a ninth and a 10th here two of the last three years. He's got to get tired of watching these other guys, even his boy Ricky, getting the job done now. People making fun of him over at the Wimbledon event, all these things. We've seen, look, he'll come with ownership. I don't think people are going to just get away from him when he's 8,300. But my point being, um, Cam Young had ownership last week when he probably shouldn't have, still was in the mix. Like you said, after that front nine and that shot on nine to two feet, you thought the guy was in it. He ended up not being, but the point being 8,300 also makes this a lot different. Morikawa, also expensive, 10 4 the week before, out of nowhere, shows up and finally has it. JT, you're not paying very much to find out. But for the bet, with eight places at 40, I got no problem with it. So JT, 40, all these with eight places. Lucas Herbert, 75. Aaron Rye, 75. Alex Smalley, 90. Bobby Mack, 90. And Norin, 140. We'll round it out. One and none, Hatton. Yeah, if you got him. Do you, do you have him? Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah, I don't have any of those guys. The guy I've got is Fitz. So I'm probably going to use... Um, I have Fitz too. Fitzpatrick. And, and he's got some ownership uh, that people can get there, but I'm just playing... I'm in like 370th or something, so I'm just playing what I got that I think is good. Second and sixth here the last two years. 14th the year they kicked it off here. He hasn't been bad lately. Three top 20s before his 49th. So hoping that Fitz can uh, find his way. And even on you know in DFS, 9,800, squeeze between the 10K range and then Hatton, Fowler, Fleetwood, Speed, Lowry, etc., I think he's at least going to be kept in check. So I, I do like Fitzpatrick this week at 9,800. All right, that sounds good. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article on gutscorner.com. Use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30% on a membership. You can find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. The tidbits will be out this week when they're out and in the good way. Either they come out early like Tuesday night because it starts on Wednesday and I just want to get them out of the way or – They'll be out as normal on Wednesday, but that's how they always are. You got to follow me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. They'll be there, not on threads, if anyone was wondering. So you can check me out on Twitter. And then, of course, shipitnation.com. We will have the free show tomorrow on our YouTube, youtube.com slash at shipitnation. Myself and Hoop, 3 p.m. Eastern, breaking it all down a little bit further once we have the you know initial ownership projections and see some more of the roster construction stuff and all that. But we'll have all our stuff over at the site there, shipitnation.com.
All right, guys, morning golf across the pond. You got to love it. Let's win some motherfucking money. E-Gen Nation. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan Belfer. Stacking penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Sipping on Ciroc, trip them up with the words. I done popped the molly and I think it's be my third. Jordan Belfer. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.